surprised. Treading water that they drown. I head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 67 of the Smash Accept Podcast. We are back, baby! You know, it's been a uh, two-week hiatus here. Um, I kind of went, actually three weeks, the longest we've ever had. I, I went into a little bit of hiding because some of my teams, you know, my guys contracted COVID and, you know, lost in the semis. Then I got COVID last week. And, you know, I'm, I'm growing the beard out. You probably can't tell. But it's been a, a crazy couple of weeks here. I kind of feel like uh, Will Ferrell and Anchorman when he's, like, walking down the street drinking the milk. But uh, Smash Team, assemble. You know, John, haven't seen you for a while. How you doing, brother? Can you hear me, John? Oh, so good to be back. Riding high. You know, I might just start by saying, hey, for the listeners out there, I was the Smash Accept Listener League champ, so that felt really good. Of course, and, we were going to get uh, that out there right away, right? Yeah, I had to just go ahead and lead with that one. Uh, I don't know how to say this, but kind of a big deal <laughs> keep going with your anchor man thing there. no that was that was a fantastic league i know we, we're gonna have most of our listeners tuning in and just want to say again what an awesome league more trades than i've ever been a part of in any single league and just so active and so so competitive those 14 team leagues we're just talking about it are pretty rough and so i'm hopefully gonna be able to defend the title next year, but uh, I'm, I'm hearing that's going to be tough. Anyways. Well, congratulations time. on that. And in Smash Accept Listener League 2, congratulations to Rob Ross, who uh, he was the number one seed the whole year as well and did take it down. So congratulations to both of you guys. We do have Smash Accept Listener three, League 3 will be starting up. I already have like five or six guys that really wanted to get in one and two. And I was nice. like, yo, just keep hitting me up. And they message me every like couple of weeks. And I'm like, we're not drafting yet. Just relax. You know, this is the time of year where we all get sucked into startups and we all keep saying yeah. we don't want to do that, you know, but I'm, I'm having a hard time not doing it. Mung, how you doing, man? It's been a while. You know, we got obviously a lot of, a lot of things going on here with playoff football, but how did your season end and what's going on with you? Hey, what's going on guys? You can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. I did not win the Smash Accept Listener League. That's a crime. Uh, you can hear it in the background. You know, but uh, my team, I now. think, is pretty well positioned for 2022 and beyond, so we'll see about that. I uh, went to the dentist, so starting off the year with a bang. Okay. Uh, lots of exciting stuff going on, but uh, yeah, excited for more playoff football this coming weekend and excited to talk about more Dynasty trades. Uh, a lot of you guys have been hitting me up in the DMs already with all, with the off-season trades, so uh, I'm trying to respond to as many as possible, but yeah, it's... Uh, been a good week yeah and, and and that's the the awesome part is people are jumping in there in the dms I and mean, i was talking backstage where i mean i've gotten over 100 of them this week where people are just throwing trades out there and one of them you know was from our our new smash except um crew member you know we're gonna have a couple we have the, we had the old faces the three of us and now we got some new faces so uh you might know him on twitter as optimistic vikings fan welcome to the podcast ian paraguay how you doing I'm good. I'm good. Thanks, Mike. Uh, thanks for having me. You guys have always helped me with so many trades. And, and you know, me and Mike have been going back and forth this week with some of his trades that he's been looking at, too. And, um, you know, my resume is uh, nine dynasty leagues and ended up winning four this this year and uh, was in the championship in six. So that's about as 
as good as you can get, I feel like. Um, um, you know, I'm in a couple 14-teamers. I'm in one 16-teamer. That's the, the worst. I kind of hate it, to be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, you just there, – there's no way. At least one of your starters is is out every single week. It's and you're and you're starting like you're hoping James White plays. You're like, please. <laughs> yeah, nobody likes those. You know, it kind of gets trickier, and trickier. And and every year, I think we try to take on new challenges, right? We try to take on. You know, I got a lot of people being like, "Yo, Dad, why don't you play Debbie with me?" And I'm like, oh, "I'm not ready to go there yet." And the people are like, "Let's try the 14 team. Let's try the 16 team. Let's just keep trying to change it a little bit." And and you know, sometimes you got to find that zone which is comfortable and fun for you. Uh, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit, you know, more about some of the other things that you might have have done in the past relating football, relating your fantasy story you know and how long you've been playing i mean you and i were talking we've been playing for quite some time oh yeah for sure so i you know i obviously based off my handle optimistic vikings fan vikings fan through and through i'm the nerd that actually has a vikings tattoo on my shoulder so like i can't change fandom as much as sometimes i might want to because the vikings they're it's hard to love but you gotta love them still (laughs) um so i and i wrote a little bit for uh, a vikings blog called vikings territory uh did a little work with them um, that kind of fell by the wayside when I got a, a raise at, at my physical job, not fantasy job. Um, <laughs> and so that kind of fell by the wayside, unfortunately. Um, as far as, uh, you know, fantasy football dynasty, I've been playing probably close to six years now. Um, and fantasy football, I've been going back to the days where you didn't have it on the computer. You had to, you had to physically score it on sheets. And, and I, Mike and I were talking about how, you know, when you commission one of those leagues, it's Sunday night and people are already asking who won. And you're like, I, I need till Friday, please <laughs> hold on. Like it's, it's math. Like you, 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 you want me to do math. You say you don't use math in life. I do. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. John, this year, and he alluded to it, I mean, this year was crazy, right? Like, this year was absolutely yeah, was. insane, and we want to end this out right. We would end it with the Smashies. This is always one of my favorite episodes because we just get to sit back and, and look at it, and who are the surprises, the letdowns, the takeaways at the positions, your favorite moments, our, our must-haves for 2022, and, you know, I know you got a lot going on your plate, but this has been a crazy year for you, not just fantasy, but in real life, and things are just, like, wild right now when it comes to football, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It feels like an understatement. Just our, our, both of our lives have been a little wild. One of the reasons we're bringing in some new talent like Ian here to, to join the crew, to make sure we can keep this thing going and, and help that community out there. But you know, the season for sure has to rank up there with one of the wildest fantasy seasons anyone's ever experienced. It somehow got worse than last year with COVID with more and more and more players out. I think part of that was, you know, the players were actually getting out more this year on the weekends. And just there were weeks where you're looking at this like, oh, my gosh, how am I going to get a starting lineup in there? And, and of course, the inevitable injuries. And so there were times where it felt like a grind. But I got to say, like in the end there with the fantasy playoffs and, and just all the fun and camaraderie and competition, mm-hmm. I, I loved it and ended up working out pretty well won a few of my most important leagues to me including this smash league and so you know now we have playoff football that we can enjoy without the anxiety that comes with what what this season was like right exactly and there's been obviously surprise we were going to podcast last week i got covid one of our new members abe from dfs docket was going to come on with with mung and i tomorrow now he's got it you know so we got a lot of things that's just 
It's just been crazy. But let's jump right into this podcast. You know, let's talk about these quarterbacks. The biggest surprises for you guys this year. You know, um, Ian, we're going to start with you because coming down the stretch, you know, this guy in, in the middle of the season was right there neck and neck. And, and shout out to uh, one of my one of my guys, Jordan Rump, who we were talking about trading for this guy all year long and all year long. And I'm like, listen, he's putting up the same amount of points as Kirk Cousins at, at the halfway point. But this guy really wants people some fantasy championships. And your guy is Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow won championships for people. And I think, you know, I know that there were people selling him like for nothing before the season started because there were those rumors. Oh, maybe he's not going to come back from the injury the same. Maybe he's not going to be the same kind of quarterback that he was, um, even though he only played half of last season. I think he was still pretty good last season. Um, But this year, he definitely won you some championships, especially if you were able to get a, a stack with someone like Jamar Chase or even T Higgins. Like if you could get that stack in there, um, especially, you know, the semifinal, the final, like those were arguably his best weeks and he, he won those championships for you, but I'm, I'm going to actually sneak one in for you, Mike. Cause okay. I, I and one, I forgot to write down and, and tell you, but I, this player got me into a lot of, of playoffs when I was struggling to, to get there. And that's Tyler Huntley, Tyler okay. Huntley, like those, those three, two, three weeks right before the playoffs started he won you those games if you're able to get him off the waiver wire. No one had him. Actually, I did in my 16-team league because <laughs> you just got to stash it and hope for the best in those. Um, but Tyler Huntley really got you into the playoffs if you were able to, to, to get him there, and, and that was a huge surprise. I know uh, I know in one league someone else got him off the wire because he bid more than me, and then I got him for a fourth-round pick. So You stole that because <laughs> after week 15, I, I started him. And then I, I actually lost, believe it or not. But I traded him in both Smash except listener leagues and another one. Both the Smashes, I got him. I got a second for him, and in my home league, I got a first. I was like, wow. if he, I, yeah, I was shocked, and it, it, it was fantastic. So that's a good one to add in there, um, Monk. Along those same lines, I mean, we're talking about young quarterbacks, guys that are that are coming up. Who surprised you this year? Yeah, for me, uh, a pleasant surprise for both myself and Texans fans was Davis Mills. Uh, certainly had some rough stretches uh, in his first few starts, uh, but he faced a tough schedule. And then also Terod Taylor came back for a stretch. But the last few games that Davis Mills starts, he got five consecutive starts to end the year, 68% completion rate, over 250 passing yards per game, and nine touchdowns to two interceptions. Now, I'm not going to say that Davis Mills is going to be a superstar by any means, um, and certainly there's risk with David Culley gone and a new regime incoming, but there's upside for Davis Mills if you're looking to take a shot on a quarterback for 2022 in Superflex and two quarterback leagues. Yeah, and I think with with all that change, I mean, that's going to be – he definitely has a shot to start next year. You know what I mean? I, I feel like there, there's that possibility there. And I think people all year, all offseason are going to be, will he, won't he? And you could probably get him. I mean, I drafted him as in late seconds in Superflex. And I feel like you could probably still get him for a second-round pick. And that could be a guy that goes out there and performs for you. Guys that you can't get for a second-round pick. And, and, John, your surprises aren't really surprises, but are they surprises? <laughs> I mean, what, why do they got surprises for yeah, these two guys? Uh- I'm going to go on the other end of the spectrum and talk about the vets out there. And don't hold this one against me, Ian, but Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. And it really, we expected them to have good seasons, but everyone 
remember was talking about there's no way that Aaron Rodgers was going to be able to to sustain what he did in his MVP season last year. Tom Brady was getting up there. How is he really going to be able to keep it going um, after the Super Bowl? You know, there, there were some fanboys. Mung was really high on Tom Brady. I was actually still pumping Aaron Rodgers, but I, I have to admit, I was still surprised they both finished safely inside the top five in just about any scoring format. They're both now the leading candidates for MVP this season. Both have their teams well-positioned in the playoffs. And, and so that, that was surprising to me. That in, and really the strategy that's building around, you can really ride with veteran QBs in, in mm-hmm. your dynasty leagues. And I'm looking at my championship teams and they all have veteran quarterbacks. So uh, I, I think that that's actually a strategy to really consider and not being quite too dependent on the young guns. Um, you know, they've done studies, you know, 60% of the time. It works, it works every, every time. time. I well, love it. And John, you, you also have to look at the fact that what a week before the preseason, we weren't sure Aaron Rodgers was even going to play this year. Exactly. Totally. So, like, there was know. some value bias. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Right. Well, and I mean, look, we, we did the startup early on. Um, for the Smash Leagues um, well before really the offseason got going last season. And I actually traded up in the draft to get Tom Brady. And remember, there was a lot of risk. Like, this guy might just have one more season left in him. But, mm-hmm. again, that's the surprise for me. He still looks fantastic. And you, you could see him keeping it going again next season. And, you know, we don't really know where Aaron Rodgers is going to be. But uh, you can see these guys still playing, um, in Rodgers' case, maybe years to come. Always start Rodgers, right, buddy? Well, that That's moves right. me to my next thing is our takeaway from this year, right? And and they're all very similar to what we're saying. Ian says, don't doubt Tom Brady again, you know? And, John, you said ride the vets. And I, my, I had a similar type thing with ride the vets, and I called it like the Kirk Cousins effect. You know, we all want those sexy big name quarterbacks and yes Josh Allen is my most owned quarterback but I got him out of the rookie drafts you know and you get those guys and you pair those with the Kirk Cousins with the Aaron Rodgers with the Tom Brady with the Matthew Stafford who you can get a little bit on the cheaper end and those are the guys that win you championships especially when you go to those six-point passing touchdowns I mean I know John you and I have talked I mean I when it comes to quarterbacks I don't have a lot of diversity I've I have Josh Allen Jalen Hurts Matthew Stafford and Aaron Rodgers on all my teams, and that's basically it. Now that you and I made a Kyler Murray trade, you know, I, uh, <laughs> you know, diversified my portfolio a little right, bit. Right. But it's like sometimes we can get those guys at a discount, and it's those flashy names. Because when we do a startup right now, you know, six of those top quarterbacks are going to go in that first round. But you can wait several rounds to get some of these other guys, these these veteran guys exactly. that can really take you up, and it, it has a lot to do with your team build. Um, Mung, you had an interesting take when it was your your biggest takeaway from this year is at looking at the quarterback position. What was that for you? Yeah, and you know, to preface, I've always said that I am not a film scout. Uh, I do look at film, and but I also strongly consider you know other people's recommendations. And really, what it comes down to is we all know that talent uh, is more important than situation when it comes to weighing dynasty assets. But at the same time, I'm starting to get the feel that, you know, surrounding talent and then coaching and having a solid organization around quarterbacks uh, is more important than it is for other positions. Uh, We just saw how awful Trevor Lawrence was with Urban Meyer and really no supporting cast. And we saw Mac Jones stepping right into an offense behind a top five offensive line, uh, a veteran offensive coordinator. And I really do think that these are factors that we need to consider a little more heavily for quarterbacks versus other positions going forward in Dynasty. 
Yeah, I love that. I mean, you know, yeah. all of us pretty much have Trevor Lawrence as one of our biggest letdowns. And we're talking guy that's we're saying generational talent, you know, and and I expected more of year one Peyton Manning than what we saw, right? I expected a lot of bumps right. and bruises. I expected 30 touchdowns, but I expected 20 some interceptions. You know, I expected a season where we were going to see some some of that. And towards the end of the year, we were going to see him do kind of what Joe Burrow did and just really start to tear it up, you know, and and I th- feel like you're forgetting we, we, his last game. that last one just to beat the Colts you know that but the thing to me is and I also have this as my biggest must-have for 2022 is I'm going out there and I'm making offers for Trevor Lawrence because right now on the dynasty trade calculator the difference between Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones anybody want to guess how much you'd have to pay on top of Mac Jones to get Trevor Lawrence maybe like a second a third a 2023 a 2023 third they are literally separated by like two points. So you can get, I mean, I'm not saying I, I have not seen that deal anywhere, but I, I trust DTC. You know, they they always put out great, great content. They do things like that. But I am seeing some situations here where, you know, my must haves for 2022 are guys that I think I can buy lower than I'm ever going to be able to buy them. And that's, that's Lamar Jackson after the end of that, this past season, that's Trevor Lawrence and that's Deshaun Watson. While those news are still there for me, those are the guys that I think are must haves for 2022 because they're never going to be cheaper than this, John. I mean, this is the rock bottom price for players like that. And I know, you know, what are you guys willing to do with Lawrence? You know, are we, I talk about it a lot, you know, where I'm taking a guy like Allen and I traded back who I don't think is with you with, to get Kyler Murray, who I don't think is the same type, you know, fantasy ceiling, but taking guys like Kyler Murray then and moving back to said player. I mean, what are some moves? Are you guys interested in going after Lawrence? Are you guys going to kick the tires at all? after what we saw this past season yeah i'll jump in here on this one i think this is a really good discussion because we're, we're all going to be looking at our rookie picks seeing what we had left over and i i still believe trevor lawrence to be a, a tier above any of the incoming quarterbacks and you know we're going to have a smash offseason program let some of our new talent come in and set up some of the, the guests just like we did last season where we were talking about both the talent and the landing spot to Monk's point and, and what QBs are going to be coming into good situation. I just can't imagine any of the the current 22 rookie QBs coming into the league that I would, I would pay, um, pay, for, pay for over Lawrence. So when you think about super flex picks, I'd be, I'd be careful. I, I would still value Trevor Lawrence slightly above any of the incoming quarterbacks. So that's one thing to, to consider right away. This, this, Past rookie quarterback class, while they did have their struggles, we knew they would. They still, in my mind, are just a clear step above what's coming in for 22. Ian, I, I mean, I am – so when we look at things, I'm very – I will go out there and I'll make those risky moves. So I believe in a guy like Trevor Lawrence. Sometimes we've talked before, like on one trade that you had, Mung might be a little bit more risk-averse. Where do you fall in this? And, and is Trevor Lawrence a guy that, you know, we, we all have him as our biggest disappointment, you know, our biggest letdown for this season. Are you going after him and trusting the talent that you saw, what you saw in college, and, and hoping that we get another coach in here, we get another situation, or is this going to continue a little bit? I mean, I think if you were going to go after him, it probably would have been smart to go after him midseason yeah. when he was showing how bad he was. Now he had that one good game, and those people even preseason 
we're like, oh, that's that's the Lawrence we knew and are high on him again. So I don't know if you're going to be able to buy him as easily after that one game. I know it's just one game. That's but all we were looking for, right? Exactly. We wanted it all year. It felt like at any point that was going to happen, you know, and we just didn't yep. get that big game until the end. Well, and you, you also have to think about uh, not only the situation with Urban Meyer, but the fact that arguably who was going to be his number one target and DJ Chark went down for the season too. So there was a lot of uh, knocks on his season. Yeah, lost ETN as well yeah. in that exactly. offense. Like, who knows how that would have worked with Urban Meyer, though, let's be honest. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I, I think that Trevor Lawrence is a buy, but I think would, I would also be a little careful because I think that his price did go up after that last week of the season. Um, and I think that they're really going to build the, their defense up, which is only going to help uh, mm-hmm. Trevor as well. The other guy I had as a letdown for me was Fields. You know, I had Fields neck and neck with, with the guy that you guys all have as your must-have for 2022. Mung, this is the year of Trey Lance? <laughs> this is it now, right? Yeah, this yeah is baby. It. I mean... You wouldn't have to worry about Trevor Lawrence if he took Trey Lance. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as Lawrence goes, you know, the problem was, as Ian alluded to, he's throwing to LaVisca Chenault and the corpse of Marvin Jones and, you know, Laquan Treadwell here. Yo, Treadwell uh, I mean, resurgence, baby. And and yeah. Dan Arnold halfway through the season. Ooh, Let's... the Dan Arnold. My man, Dan Ar- another Dan Arnold reference. Yeah, but I mean, honestly, the biggest problem is gone, right? Urban Meyer was the biggest concern as far as Trevor Lawrence's dynasty value was concerned. So I think, yeah, he's a buy. Um, but the problem, I, I think, is most people who drafted Trevor Lawrence with Urban Meyer gone are still high on him. It's only been one disappointing season. Um, I think the, the, the pre-draft expectations for Lawrence are still there in the minds of many, especially those who have him on the roster. So I don't think you're getting him cheap. So, sure, if you can get him for a lot cheaper than what he went for last offseason, then he's a buy. But, you know, I, I don't think that that's going to be the case in a lot of leagues. I would so, wait till week one of the season. If he has a really crappy game, that's when you that's when you buy. Because then the people are like, oh, crap, this again. That's so, when you buy. Trey Lance right now, I'm talking to a buddy yeah. of mine who's doing a startup, is going at QB7. Our, our, I know you guys all have him as, as the must-have guy there, but it still feels a little rich for me. Mung, am I crazy? Am I crazy? I haven't adapted yet enough where what we've seen from Trey Lance and, and what you anticipate to happen next year. Yeah, that's pretty crazy for me. Um, I'm in the process of updating my dynasty rankings right now. Uh, I'll have some updated ones out in a couple weeks, but QB7, that's insane to me. I have him at QB6. Okay. I have Trey Lance ranked over Joe Burrow right now. Mm. If Oof. you can sell Joe Burrow for Trey Lance plus, I'm 100% doing that in Oof. Superflex formats. You know, the, we, we know. I think we'll be talking hot. about this one all offseason. That's fine. <laughs> uh, I mean, you, you talk about those insulated trades. Uh, oh, yeah. At the end of the day, look, the rushing production is going to be so important yeah. for Trey Lance and Justin Fields. Joe Burrow had those massive, massive games to end the season. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, he had an inconsistent year. Uh, he he did. had some down weeks. But right now, Joe Burrow is hot. I mean, I have a team that has – he's my QB3, and people are, like, valuing him over the other guys I have, and that's, that's Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. And they're like, no, I want Burrow. You know, and that that's crazy. 
you know, and maybe he took a step forward. We're looking at, you know, he's playing ranked the 32nd and the 27th ranked defenses when it comes to the pass against those two weeks. But that is also my favorite moment, my favorite quarterback moment. And, and John, you know, you and I were texting that week. I said, listen, I am in, you know, 13 semifinals. I'm just going to go watch Spider-Man with my kids. And I'm just going to go, like, not be stressed out. I'm going to go enjoy the day. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching a movie with my kids and all of a sudden my phone's just blowing up nonstop. Like it is literally just vibrating. I'm like, I shut it off and I come out and I have like 32 messages and they all just say Joe Burrow exclamation point. And I'm like, is that good? Is that bad? I don't know what's going on, right? Only to come out and see the dude posted 524 yards and four touchdowns and then the championship 446 and four. And that's going to be on a lot of fantasy owners' minds. And I think, you know, among, that is if, you, if you're not a huge Joe Burrow guy, that's the time where you're going to get some peak value for sure. Uh, I mean, what are you saying? I am. I like Burrow yeah. a lot. He's my QB seven in Dynasty. Right? But I think but, if you're if you're going to buy Trey Lance at QB six or QB seven, we have to wait to see what happens with the 49ers in the playoffs. Because if Jimmy Garoppolo goes and wins them a Super Bowl, Trey Lance is on the bench next year. I think Garoppolo is getting cut regardless. But I if mean, they win the Super Bowl, it's going to be it's going to be a tough situation. That's for sure. <laughs> What was your favorite moment this year, quarterback-wise? Um, Ian, I, I thought you had a great one um, that I thought was just super, just great for the NFL. Yeah, uh, Cam returning to Carolina. I know it was, that first game was kind of special, but uh, it was a letdown overall. But Cam going back to Carolina was just a, a really cool moment. And that, yeah. that first oh, game was, that he, he, he played back for them was It was awesome, awesome, you know, just coming back to his old team. John, talk about the catch. Yeah, um, possible catch of the year actually goes to a quarterback, Daniel Jones. Did his best OBJ impression, one-handed catch in this game. And I loved the whole moment because all of a sudden we saw all the Twitter's memes coming and the side-by-sides with OBJ and Daniel Jones happened on a trick play. But for me, that ended up being the most memorable play for a quarterback of the season. Go check that one out. I'm I'm actually going to post all of my favorite plays here to my account here after the show. Did it redeem Daniel Jones from tripping? Absolutely uh, not. No, we had that on last year. That was our thing last year. That was one of our like top he'll ones. Try to put down. in there. Yeah, and he'll never live down his his twenty twenty one season either. Right. No, but that was one of the fastest quarterback times before he wiped out. You know, that Abe said that, a little shout out there. And Mung, I mean, Brady has all those weapons, right? Your favorite touchdown pass was to his primary target, right? Yeah, look, uh, I know it's boring, but I'll be a homer. Uh, that overtime win over the Bills when he found Brashad Perriman, even though Perriman was supposed to be running interference uh, for the game winner, just uh, spread a lot of joy to me. That's all, that's all I can say. <laughs> there we Hell go. Of a play. Yeah. It was. And, and, you know, we're going to move over to the running backs. The biggest surprises here, we're talking about a throwback from Brashad Perriman. John, you had a 2018 resurgence of some players was your biggest surprise here down the stretch. Yeah, this is wild. I mean, these 2018 running backs had all pretty much been written off. I'm talking about Rashad Penny. What? Who ended up being one of the absolute stars of the 2021 fantasy playoffs here? I know I had to face him uh, you know, against Jake in the Smash League playoffs, and I was sweating it because he was just dropping yardage, touchdowns. He became that guy in Seattle. And, and then it was Sony Michelle. <laughs> Finally got the opportunity. We knew, and we talked about him on the pod being a valuable handcuff, and and look what happened. I was actually starting him on teams in championships because L.A. really committed to the run. They went with that power run game, and Sony was the last man standing there. 
I think we'll, we'll, we'll have to adjust now that Cam Akers is coming back. But Sony Michelle, Rashad Penny, and I think there was even some sightings of Royce Freeman. And so that was by far the biggest surprise because, I mean, these guys were on waiver wires just, you know, a couple weeks prior to that. It's wild. Well, and let's shift over to that. Like, our takeaways here were pretty much all the same. I mean, you know, Ian said about Dallas being in a committee, and, and John, yours and mine were the same, is making sure we have that running back depth. And I, I think we talked about that, you know, Absolutely. from the midseason on, about being make, building around those wide receivers, but having that running back depth, having those Rashad Pennies, those Sony Michels, those Tony Pollards, those guys that really – if given the opportunity, are like an extra lottery ticket. They're just something to hold on to. And then when you get into those fantasy playoffs and you got Austin Eckler is gets COVID, you got Justin Jackson going out there putting up 34 fantasy points and winning you championships. You know, and it's like that is something that, you know, year in and year out, a lot of teams try to take those lottery ticket wide receivers, right? Those those guys that get drafted in the fifth, sixth, seventh round. And, and we had a lot of analysts come on and say – those day three wide receivers, you know, what kind of hit rate those guys have, where you can have a RB2, a guy in the background who can jump in there and and win you a league. You know, we're not looking at guys like Anthony Schwartz winning us championships. We're looking at guys like Sony Michelle coming through in the clutch, guys. Yeah, running back depth is essential. I mean, look at guys, <clears throat> excuse me, like James Conner and Rashad Penny. You couldn't give those guys away for a third-round rookie pick last offseason, right? Amazing. People were just remembering the recent injuries. And yeah, I mean, obviously the risk was there for both of them. But at the same time, for a third round rookie pick, the hit rate is so low. And two guys that I'm going to target for cheap uh, this offseason, I know that this is going to bring disgust into people's mouths right now. Um, they don't want to hear these names. But Zach Moss and Trey Sermon, right? Both of them flamed out. We had high expectations for these guys coming in. Yeah. But they're one ankle twist away from Singletary or Elijah Mitchell. From Jeff from Wilson takeover. Okay. No, <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. You knew that was coming. No, I, and, and that's the a Bills great... are going Matt Breida, though. Like, I don't know if you can do <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Dude, I'm, a, I'm a Bills fan, so this uh, Devin they're Singletary cheap, resurgence is crazy. Yeah. But, and Bills and, might draft a running back, too. Yeah, and, and this is the, the riskiest time, but you can also get the cheapest value when it when it comes to these veteran running backs. You know, I just bought, and this is, I don't want to jump around too much because he's my biggest surprise and he's one of my biggest buys is Leonard Fournette. I just bought Leonard Fournette for a second-round pick. I, I mean, I don't understand what they expect to get for that second-round pick, but if Leonard Fournette comes back to the Bucks, we, he was a top-eight running back. He was an absolute beast. He's coming back this week. You know, he's going to be healthy. If they bring him back, we're looking at another potential RB1 that you can get for a second-round pick. James Conner is another guy that you brought up, and we said to buy him down the stretch. James Conner, you know, the, his contract is up here, but you talked about what if he goes to Buffalo? What if he stays in Arizona? What if he goes, you know, there's there's a lot of opportunities out there. There aren't a ton of, you know, positions open at running back, but these are the kind of guys and the moves that you can make on the cheap end now because everybody's starting to get that rookie fever, right? They just want that second-round pick. They want to be able to take that next wide receiver that's going to sit on their bench for a while. I'll take Leonard Fournette. Well, and I think, you know, depth absolutely matters at the running back position. But at the same time, opportunity is king. Yeah, 100%. Oh, for sure. Like, and, and the fact that, you know, in... Yeah, we're not saying Devontae year. Booker's better than these guys, but he's no, getting no, the opportunity, but, but like, right? But like last year's... Uh, startup drafts Tony Pollard was getting taken in front of James Conner and when James yeah. Conner was the clear-cut starter and and so opportunity is king and that and, and James Conner finished his running back five yeah like and, I think we're, we're and he, we're still writing him off 
you can get those guys so cheap. Another guy right now, and, and Mung and I keep talking about him all the time, is Melvin Gordon. People are acting like he's done. Melvin Gordon was still a viable flex play. If he goes to Atlanta and they, they you know, if he goes somewhere and gets a starting job, or even if he stays there, he's still worth that late second round pick. He's a guy that's going to go out there and put up points for you. And I think that's the biggest takeaway from me is like, let's not write these guys off. Let's not take these, you know, get that rookie fever so much that we're just going to be like, you know, I don't even want, because I, I had one guy message me. He's like, he's like, yo, dad, I, I offered him anybody, any second in 2022 and 23, nobody wants it. So I'm considering taking the 304. What is that 304 going to do for you compared to what Melvin Gordon might do? You know, it's like, hold on to it, but it's, it, it doesn't seem like any kind of value that I'm interested in. I will also say like, the running back age stuff that we always talk about isn't the same. I feel like as what it used to be. Like you look at someone uh, like the resurgence of Cordell Patterson, like dude is not young <laughs> and still just killing defenses right now. And so I don't, I don't feel like that it, tread is real. Like the tread on the tires that really matters. But like right. the age, don't just look at that age. You got to look at how long they've been a starter. There, how many runs they have per year, and everything like that too. Well, and Mung, that was your biggest surprise, right? And we we talked about Cordarrelle Patterson buying him all year, and then he did kind of he did fall down a little bit there towards the end. You know, it's like there is a matter of him having that usage, but he was a big time surprise all year long. Yep, the original Debo Samuel. Uh, now Debo's getting a similar kind of usage, but you know Patterson's a free agent as well, so we'll have to see where he lands, and hopefully uh, whichever organization takes a, sh- takes a shot on him uh, is going to put him at running back, which is probably his ideal position given what we've seen. John, you pretty much, I mean, we all have almost unanimously the biggest letdown this year has to be Saquon. Saquon. Yeah. Pains me to say it. Pains me to say it. And I, I'm absolutely, just to be clear, I have not written him off. I think that he's definitely a buy. Um, so be careful um, with just kind of moving on from him uh, and selling low. You'd be selling low right now on Saquon without a doubt. But we just had this vision of that rookie season and, and what he did was incredible. And he just never could get going. You know, my view is he's still not 100%. The Giants' offense was a disaster. Uh, we don't really know exactly what's going to now happen with new coach, GM, quarterback. A lot of uncertainty, but I, I do still believe in Saquon. And so uh, I'm kind of saying, look, he was the, the biggest letdown for sure, but I'm not giving up on him at the same time. No, I'm not, I'm not giving up, you know, and I know there was – in the playoffs I gave up DeAndre Swift for Saquon and what's now going to be the 103. And I'm because I okay. it was a matter of having that guy in there. Saquon has that ceiling, you know, and Mung and I, we, you and I have talked about Saquon a lot. Ian, what, what's your thought on Saquon Barkley? I mean, are I, we I, I, are we writing him off way too early? Oh, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I think he is a buy, but I think that you also have to look at who you might be able to get him. Uh, in, a, in, a, in return to because um, I know I, I talked to you about this dad I, I you know I, I got a trade where I got Chubb back where I let Barkley go and Barkley is a is a buy for me but that was uh, it, it was Chubb and, and I got uh, Bateman in the deal too and so it was okay. it was it was something that I you know just because he's a buy that doesn't mean you don't sell. If oh yeah, right. No, a lot of people. I think that's what a lot of people get confused when we say buy it's buy for the right price it's, oh, it's never, all price dependent yeah oh yeah Always. maybe 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 give up a little bit more than what you normally would but don't give up 
so much more that it's ridiculous. Um, and and I, I think Barkley will get better, with, like you said, John, with new coaching, with new GM, hopefully some offensive line pieces. I think I, if I, I could be totally wrong, but I'm pretty sure they have a ton of cap so they, that they can work with. Um, so they can do they can do some stuff there. I don't think that, you know, they're going to necessarily be the greatest offense next year anyways. Um, but I think that Barkley will improve. But I think I think next year could also be a somewhat disappointed season disappointing season but again that doesn't mean that he's not gonna be a buy after next season too well and i think and i I gotta you know that trade that you went through you know we worked through it and i I think the biggest thing is going to the saquon barkley owner and saying you know i I got some interest what can we do here because you don't know like you don't want to make a blind offer for a guy like saquon barkley right now you make a blind offer and you overpay you know see what he's interested in see what kind of moves you can make because some saquon are barkley owners you know, like myself, I'm not going to pay 50, you know, like I'm not going to give them up for 50 cents on the dollar, but some of them, they're frustrated. They've had enough. Maybe they want, you know, player X and then you can kind of get some things. And you ended up working that into, you know, what I would consider as a, a smash except, you know, and it was a nice trade, but started out there. If you, if you're interested, I mean, and I, I put in the, in the notes, I mean, maybe it's because I'm such a, you know, Penn State fan and, and just loved watching him in those first, that rookie year was so phenomenal. It's like, but I, he did, John. He didn't pass the eye test this year, and that's the scary thing to me. Is like I he love really Saquon Barkley. He yeah. just looked zapped to some juice, and it was. Is it because he came back too soon? Is it because mm-hmm. you know he's coming off an injury? There, there's so many things. And yeah, in Dynasty, we tell us we tell ourselves narratives, right, all the time. You know, like I'm telling myself a narrative that he's going to bounce back because of certain situations. You know, and, and new coaching coming in and all those different things. Other people are telling themselves the narrative that he's washed. So. You know, sometimes this time of year, it's a matter of approaching the owner, you know, not throwing out blind offers. You know, we know some people that send out 60, 70 a week, you know, go out there and just message those guys and in, in your league and just say, hey, what you want for Saquon? You know, what kind of, let's get some dialogue here started and let's let's move forward. Mung, um, your biggest letdown guy that definitely let me down as well was not Saquon, but yours was a little different. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. And, uh, you know, Aaron Jones really wasn't what we expected when we drafted him down the stretch. Um, we saw really a 50-50 split between him and A.J. Dillon. It was kind of baffling to begin with, the Packers re-signing Aaron Jones when they had Dillon waiting in the wings. And there's a lot of risk for all the Green Bay players with the Aaron Rodgers situation unresolved heading into next year. But it's really hard to see Aaron Jones being more than the 1A in a committee going forward. And he'll have to be super, super efficient in touchdowns to crack the top 12 fantasy running backs next year. Absolutely. As a Vikings fan, I love that they extended him. (laughs) (laughs) And these are all RB2 values in many ways right now. That's the thing, to your point. It's a good time to make offers on these guys at the same time. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, Our biggest moments, you know, and let's talk real quick. Just jump in there, throw it out there. What was your biggest moment? Like, what was that moment for a running back this year that you were just like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about? I was talking about D. Ernest Johnson's first game to everybody. Like, his, his, Me fantasy, too. I love his, it. His, nice. his fantasy point total was more than Chubb has gotten in his career still. Like, that's how crazy that, that, that point total was for him. And I, I was ecstatic. I, I picked him up in FFPC, Pros versus Joes. A little humble brag, I won that one. So smash accept, we're back up on there. You know, over Rotoviz, over <laughs> Dynasty Trade Calculator, over all those trades HQ. 
Smash accepts up at the top. No, but I mean, Dernis Johnson was a guy I picked up off of waivers that week, and he just went nuts. So, I mean, and we've talked about it. Next man up. If he ever gets those opportunities again, he definitely does it. John, well, mine his was story though too. I'm sorry too. Oh, go ahead. Like his his like story. His whole story is amazing. Like, mm-hmm. is, is insane. And uh, did anyone know it before they were like watching no. that game? Like it's it, it's such like a Cinderella story. Like it was totally. it was just absolutely amazing to watch. John, I needed this one in my fantasy league, and this was a huge one. This is the one that like. I, I yeah. this was the biggest moment of me jumping out of my chair and just going oh yeah nuts. this is where you just jump up and like spill the popcorns yep, all over the place all and running around the house this is the Jonathan Taylor 67 yard run against the Patriots there was two minutes left in the game and it was it was funny I went and rewatched it the announcer said well they're they're holding the lead but let's see if they can put them away and then bam there goes JT. I know I loved it he's I went taking nuts. off he's running and actually I went and looked even um, to see a little bit more after the game was over. And he actually looks back like this. And apparently he was looking at the sideline to see if the coaches wanted him to go down. And I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah, I know. And he he outruns everybody. But this was the year, too, that Jonathan Taylor cemented himself as the clear RB1, like in a tier of his own now heading into the offseason. That's absolutely the case. I'll fight anyone that says otherwise, at least for running backs. And he, he's really just become just like this darling for yeah. Dynasty fantasy football. And it was moments like that that everybody just kind of loved to see that, you know. I, I, I had it. a friend like 15 seconds before it happened. He tweeted out, I uh, could really use a second yard <laughs> Jonathan Taylor TD run right now. Right. That's love it, love <laughs> so it. So he tweeted it like every 15 seconds the next week. Just yeah, yeah, just right. keep it going. All right. How about now? John. When, when we have our – another one of my favorite episodes is always our hot takes, you know. And last year my hot take was Alvin Kamara was going to be the RB1. This year it was Jonathan Taylor. That's two for two, baby. we got to see who the uh, RB1 is going right. to be next year. You That's know, we'll keep going that going. Yeah. yeah, tune in to hear that one for the listeners. And for the must-haves, I mean, maybe it's this guy, Mung. Your must-have going into 2022, everybody's new Twitter darling is? Yeah, Javante Williams. Uh, I was – No I'm, doubt. I'll be the first to admit I was wrong. I was a little bit lower on him uh, than consensus last off season, but just looking at him run, uh, just man, he is amazing. He, uh, I mean, Melvin Gordon. We talked about this season. I was very low on Javante Williams in redraft. I did not expect them to go away from Gordon because of the amount that they were paying him, and also because Williams was a rookie. But heading into 2022, with the possibility that Gordon could be gone next season. Um, they might still bring somebody in, but I fully expect Williams to be the lead back for Denver with a potential quarterback upgrade. Uh, you know, he has a chance to be an elite top five fantasy back. Yeah, good luck buying him. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. So, so here's the thing. I, and I talked about that startup. He is going at the RB2 right now. So, I mean, yeah. the price is up wow. there. And when you look at uh, Pro Football Focus's most forced missed tackles per touch among all running backs, the guy that you're buying is, is number two, you know, with .29. The guy I'm buying at a fraction of the cost right now is at .3, led the NFL this year, Michael Carter. You know, I feel like you can get Michael Carter very, very cheap. You can get him for a late first. And, and Ian, you put out a, a thread out there, which I loved, you know, and we do that all the time at Smash Accept. And it looked like the consensus on that thread was around the 109 to 111 range is what people are willing to sell Michael Carter for. And I think 
I think he showed some flashes, guys. I mean, I, the, he passed the eye test when he was out there. I mean, he put up some numbers. This is a guy I think we talk about insulated trades, and I'm not saying trade Javante Williams, but I think this is a guy where you can give up a player and get Michael Carter in that first, and you're going to end up winning out, especially if it's a 2023. Well, I think you also have to look at the fact that they played on the same team in college, and Michael Carter was the RB1. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're both fantastic players. Oh, yeah. And Javante is the buy there, and I'm, I'm excited for that. John... you were almost the voice of reason here. Mung and I were out on this guy. You know, we were like, because of the injury, but he looked good this week. Yeah, Cam Akers. Cam Akers has to be somebody that that you're looking at for 2022. And it's we've already seen him do it before. Let's start with that. He has the talent. We were all worried about the injury and the Achilles, and can you really come back from that? But I think he's clearly shown that, yes, you, you can. He is back. And there's a couple of things that I'll, I'll throw in there, too, that were really great to see even in the game yesterday, which was he's getting worked into the passing game. Yeah. He got actually more than 50 percent of the workload, even after Sony was um, doing a hell of a job carrying the load there. And that's the thing that we also saw from McVeigh was the shift down the stretch to, again, that power running game, focus on the run, establishing the run and. It, it was a Sony Michelle show. And so you can easily see them kind of moving on, recommitting to Cam Akers, getting a, a nice, healthy workload in a top offense with plenty of scoring opportunities. And so, and again, the value dips so much. I get that some people are catching on now and we're seeing them in live football. So maybe the time is a couple of weeks back, but I've seen everything I need to see for me to start buying again, testing the water, seeing what the value looks like. You can't. So, you can't, man. Like, that was tough. the thing. It's like, we were selling Cam Akers for it's a tough. first. I am seeing, Kluge yeah. said he sold him for a 105 the other day. I am seeing most okay. of Twitter saying 102, 103. And that just okay. like, that, I'm not, I mean, that's just insane that it switched that much because we yeah. saw one game, Light right? Switch. I mean, wow. we were talking about, this is an Achilles injury. So we don't know what kind of, you know, the, the explosiveness. He did average like 3.2 yards per carry. So it was not explosive. By any yeah, stretch sure, of their imagination. But, Mung, I mean, are we willing to jump back out there? And, and, John, I'm not knocking that at all. I love Cam Akers. You know I did. I took him in the second round of Smash Except and nearly cried, you know, when he went down. But are we willing to jump back in and really, really go in there at something less than the 103 in Superflex? Yeah, I, I'm out. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm out at that price. Um, and you know me. I, I'm out, <clears throat> Excuse me. I've always been a more risk-adverse uh, dynasty player. Uh, so, you know, I was recommending that you take any first four cam makers a couple months back and obviously he's exceeded all expectations. But, you know, the one game sample size of him against a bad Cardinals run defense, <laughs> it's fair. Uh, yeah. playing 50 yeah. percent of the snaps is vaulting him into early first territory again. That mm-hmm. to me is pretty nuts. And quite frankly, right now, I think that you in the vast majority of leagues, you could get Saquon Barkley plus for Cam Akers, which That's is insane to me. me. And if and you can do that, yeah. I would do the, that immediately. You, you also the, have to remember that Daryl Henderson was out of that game too. So yeah, that could, that, true. That's that true. Could have That's true. Added some value to him. Good, good point. Mm-hmm. The thing that we talk about all the time, and I know, I know, Ian, I've talked about it. You with re- rebuilding teams, and we've talked about it before. Is buy that injured running back on your rebuilding team. I don't know how many teams where I was in a rebuilding situation where I where I said to people, sell Aaron yes. Jones for Cam Akers in a first. Or, mm-hmm. or yeah, and they, I mean. 
seriously, where yeah, are you looking at now? Potential points all year. Yeah, exactly. Great. Sell Aaron Jones for J.K. Dobbins in a first. Like people just want to get there. That's another guy that's big for me. I think is going to be another big buy. You know, and Agreed. we have all off season. We're just excited oh, yeah. here. Let's move on to the wide receivers. Biggest surprises. There's there's three names here. You know that that have to be on there. Uh, Mung and I both went with Debo. I mean, Debo's just out there balling out. You know, I I love watching Debo. Um, it's just it, it's just fun to watch. But John and Ian, you guys went a different route there, and n- maybe not quite as flashy. But man, did these guys win you some championships? John, go ahead. Yeah, well, you know, we'll have to say a little humble brag. I wasn't as surprised by Debo, evidenced by how many rosters I have Debo Samuel, including my. You know, my championship smash yeah. except listener league roster. Just yeah. had to work that one in there again. Um, but he I really always believe that Debo, he's one of my absolute favorite players. So I have to validate that that I mean, of course he exceeded just about everyone's expectations. Um and, and but my my actual biggest surprise was the accountant, your favorite H and R rep, Hunter Renfro. H and R block, baby. Yes. Time to do those taxes. Yes. Yeah, that's right. And he, he looks like he could do them for you. Helps you win games. And so, I, I mean, I just couldn't believe it. Obviously, a lot of things fell into place there. Like, there was injuries to Darren Waller. Uh, you know, it turns out Ruggs had, had his own issues off the field. And and so, you know, that, that situation may not still be there. But, I mean, he was just money in the bank week after week. Not sexy. And so, when I just look back at the season, I just keep looking at, like, the final rankings, points per game, every, every way you want to look at it, it was – Hunter Infro, man. I was hoping for you to sing my little Cooper Cup again. Ian, Cooper Cup, just yeah. what? I mean, I mean we- I, I, he was going after Robert Woods in most drafts, I feel like. I feel like a lot of people had Robert Woods ahead of Cooper Cup going into the year, and I was one of them. I'll be straight with you. Like, I thought Robert Woods was going to be that guy for Stafford, but Cooper Cup turned into arguably, and arguably had one of the greatest wide receiver seasons ever. No doubt. And, and it, it's just absolutely nuts to me. I will say, okay, you guys talked about Debo. I got to say something really quick about Debo. I read a stat the other day that for Debo Samuel, his yards per carry, if you take that and give him Jonathan Taylor's uh, rushing load, <laughs> oh geez, he would have rushed for 2,800 yards. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Definitely extrapolate that one. I want to see it next year. A- Abe put in uh, – you know, he needs that Braxton, Braxton Berrios love. I mean, okay. he was a, down the stretch, he had three straight games there where he really got it done. And, you know, right off that yeah. same H&R block kind of kind of move. Mm-hmm. Biggest yeah. letdowns. Let's let's make these a little bit quicker. Mung. Yeah, I, I was talking to a couple people about CeeDee Lamb, um, not only after this Dallas loss, but even prior to that, where the second half of the season, he really disappeared. Um, I don't know how much that bout with COVID had to do with it, but he just really wasn't getting targeted even after Gallup uh, got injured. Mm-hmm. And it's not a good sign. Uh, it's not a good sign when Dak Prescott's go-to guy, Cedric Wilson, uh, over CeeDee Lamb. We know that the talent is there. We've seen it. But at the same time, you know, targets are earned, and we haven't seen Lamb earn much in, in the way recently. It's right there in the insulated trades. I, I got a question today. A guy said, would you give up? CD Lamb for Devonta Smith, the 108 and the 110. And I said, yep, it's done. Like Devonta Smith is ascending. I said, that's a smash, except that's the kind of move that you make. That's how you win the offseason. I love CD Lamb. And you guys know that he's one of my biggest guys. John, you're let down. Yeah, well, I was going to put it, put in, uh, first of all, just coming off the fancy playoffs, Antonio freaking Brown. 
with the meltdown right in the middle of crunch time in fancy football playoffs. And I think people are never, ever going to forget that. And unfortunately, you know, he, he had so many years in, in fantasy where he was king. Um, it's obviously painful for Mung here as a, as a Bucks fan to see to see that happen. But that cost a lot of people their championships. So that was one. I you know I'm also going to toss in DK Metcalf. I couldn't believe yeah. it, but I went back and looked. 25th in points per game in PPR. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And it was very much boom or bust. And so and and that you know, that points per game was really brought up by that three touchdown game big, here there at the end. Games. You know? Yeah. So I mean, Ian's going to say a name struggle. here, John. Ian's going to say a name that's just going to make you and I both cry here. You know, but go ahead. <laughs> it, it's Jerry Judy. He was drafted so oh, high. Yeah. He's still drafted so high. I'm sorry, Jerry. The the Jerry Judy love doesn't make sense to me. I was super high on him coming out of the draft, and I was mm-hmm. even after last year. Still, like, okay, let's do it. Two years of disappointment. I just can't do it anymore. And some people are just riding that train still. And I think that he would be a huge sell for me, especially with some people's. Uh, what they're willing to offer for Jerry Judy, but he was such a huge disappointment. Um, and, and you, oh, oh, he's getting a quarterback. Vikings fan, Teddy Bridgewater can't throw it downfield. Like, I'm sorry, he can't. No, I love man. the guy. He's the greatest human being in football. Like, but uh, he can't throw downfield at and all. I, and that's I can't Jerry say Jerry Judy's a buy low yet because everybody's just holding on to that that fact. And I've been trying to make those trades, you know, and, and try to get. I think there. he's the sell high. Like I, that's like legit. Like people are buying him way too expensive right now. Two guys that I love were my biggest letdowns: DeAndre Hopkins and and AJ Brown. I mean, AJ Brown right now is still being valued as a lot of people still top two to three dynasty asset. Mm-hmm. I traded. You know, you guys know in in season, like right there at the end, I gave Jamar Chase, or I got Jamar Chase for A.J. Brown in the 112, and I'm perfectly fine with that Mm because, I mean, you're looking at a guy who's just going to go out there and ball out. But, um, John, or... Dad, would you trade CeeDee Lamb for A.J. Brown? mm, No, I think I'd say Brown, though. What do you guys think? I think I'd still take Brown over Lamb. Yeah, Yeah, I'd take Brown. I would. I would. And... Mung, I mean, you and I, like, literally, when this was rookie season and we were talking people, and we had people on here like Dave Richard, and I mean, we had people where we were literally defending this guy. Jamar Chase just went out there and showed us that he is that dynasty wide receiver one. And, and it was just, that's your biggest moment. Wide receiver you know? two. Don't forget well, about Justin Jefferson. Okay, I know we got a Vikings guy in here. And <laughs> okay. no, 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 that's. Okay. That's an that's, that's an fair. arguable thing. That really is. I mean, that is one A, one B, one and two. However you look at it, and Jefferson has gone out there and just, you know, he's been been peppered. He's been fantastic, and I'm not taking anything away there. I I like what you're saying, but that was my transition there to Mung. Your your biggest moment was that touchdown catch, right? I mean, that thing was insane. Yeah, when you looked at you know the the dots that we get from next gen stats, uh, when he had five defenders within a couple yards of him, and then he breaks away for a seventy yard touchdown, incredible. Uh, just absolutely incredible. Um, I mean, I, I remember seeing a tweet from preseason saying that someone wanted Tyler Boyd at cost over Jamar Chase. Yep. Uh, well, no, Tyler. When, when we had Dave Richard run. Richard on, he said. Tyler Boyd, it was his hot take. Tyler Boyd will lead this team in in, oh, that's right. in, in, in fantasy points. Ouch. And other people were on here, and they're like, no, it's T. Higgins because Jamar Chase is I have this drops issue. I'm like, man, if you just went out there and bought during that time when we were telling you to do it. Well, you know, best all-time buys. Yes. And, and here's the thing, Mung, is like, and I love talking to you guys because they're all brilliant 
fantasy minds and dynasty minds. All four of us when we put this in here. First person put, invest in young wide receivers to build around your team. Another person put, another rookie in the top 10 will come out this year as well. Build around those youth wide receivers. with some, And then I, I added, sprinkle in some cheap veterans. You know, get those wide receiver ones and twos that are young and mix in a Keenan Allen. You know, you it go. doesn't have to there be you three super young guys. And then, Mung, you were like, be early on selling those vets. So, I mean, it looks like in wide receivers, and I think that 2014 class spoiled us, but now those mm-hmm. guys are aging, and those are the guys that, Mung, you're talking about trying to get out a year early, you know, and a lot of us didn't. If you didn't get out, if you got out on DeAndre Hopkins last year, which you guys know we talked about this trade a bunch where I gave up Hopkins for McLaurin in the 102 and got Najee, now it's a win. Now you can barely get a first for DeAndre Hopkins. You know, it's like get out of those vets. And, I mean, we're at that age cliff. People I'm seeing on Twitter, again, referencing Kluge, was like, I don't know if I want Diggs next year. I don't know if I want these guys. And I'm like, on the flip side there, and I'm sure we'll talk about that a lot, those are still studs. So I'm saying... In your in your startup, get your Jamar Chase, get your you know Justin Jefferson, get your young elite upside wide receivers, but don't forget about those Keenan Allen's. You know you sprinkle those right. in in the end. Just don't have a whole team of Keenan Allen's because a lot of my teams that I'm looking at now it's Diggs, Allen, Hopkins, Adams, which is sexy. Two years ago, now it's like starting to lose some of that luster. And can yeah, we talk I, about I, the fact that two, uh, the two, arguably the two best wide receivers this season, and Chase and Waddle sat out their last season in college? Like that—that's huge to me. Like that's that's right. something really to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. When Waddle's—I mean, we all have that as he was on pace to break the re- reception yeah. record. I mean, Waddle looks fantastic. And let's not—I mean, we all have Waddle and Elijah Moore. You and I, Mung, are huge on Elijah Moore. I mean, we're talking about those young wide receivers. So let's let's just talk about this for a couple minutes. You know, we we want to build around those young wide receivers. These are the guys that we want to add to our rosters. How do we go about doing that if we miss them in the rookie draft? And and how do you look at that going into dynasty startup season? My other must have. Uh, is Darnell Mooney. I think that he's someone that people are way undervaluing and is still one of those young wide receivers mm-hmm. and people are continually undervaluing him. I don't know if it's just because the Bears offense sucked, but like uh, Darnell Mooney is a huge buy for We him. had Jordan McNamara and he even referenced Darnell Mooney as the guy that was an outliner. Don't buy Darnell Mooney. You know, and sometimes we build up some of these narratives and his was his thing was you know you don't you want those that day one draft capital john talk to me yeah. a little bit about this i mean i want to put well, a bow right. on it here a little bit because yeah, this is think, very important content right i think if you summarize this like we're saying you need to invest in wide receivers in your startup but the beauty is you can also compete right away in year one because look these guys are blowing up on the scene right away yeah we saw with justin jefferson we saw with jamar chase we're seeing it with waddle and we just got to believe in the talent and, and for sure get rid of this narrative around well, what if they skip their senior year? Who cares? And, and so I think that's really the point is you can compete right away. But I'm going to I'm going to add back what you said. You know, a lot of my championship rosters did have guys that I traded for down the stretch, like a Keenan Allen, which I actually had on my smash roster to give you that consistent vet that you might get a little bit cheaper. Mm-hmm. You find those teams that are worried about his age creeping up and it could turn into a value buy. So as always, it depends on roster instruction, roster construction and how you want to build your teams, whether you're competing, whether you want to take some time and and rebuild. But bottom line for me is it's such a good investment to go after those young wide receivers in your startup drafts, um, in your rookie drafts where, where possible. 
So. I think a rookie draft. Startups now, people are getting it, right? I mean, you know, yeah. Devontae Adams fell to 306 in that draft that I was talking about, you know, and he was, I mean, that is, that is value if you're looking at what he can produce right. in the next two years, depending on how you look at things. You know, you you missed the boat on selling Hopkins, and you and you're missing some boats here on on Keenan Allen. Mung, who's that guy you're trying to get out of ahead of time? You know, that was your comment, and I loved it, and I think it's I think it's perfect. People are starting to say that age cliff used to be 29, then it became 28. Now people are saying it's 27. So is that the Tyreek Hills that we're trying to sell? Yeah, not necessarily Hill because he is indeed a special talent. But you know, two years ago we saw the decline for AJ Green. Uh, last off season, people were still talking about buying Julio Jones, who I stayed far, far away from. Mm-hmm. And this off season, I've already seen a couple people talking about buying low on guys like Allen Robinson and Michael Thomas, who we know are good wide receivers. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they're going to be turning 29 this off season. Even let's say, for argument's sake, best case scenario, they finish as a you know top 15, almost top 12 fantasy wide receiver in 2022. So they're going to be turning 30, and best case scenario. You're going to get, what, a late first for them, you know, next offseason, yeah. which is I, pretty much what you are paying right, right now. So if you're a contender, I think it's fine to take a shot on those guys for an early second. But you know, you're not expecting that value to increase where you're going to be able to do anything with those assets. I mean, and I I'm doing Michael Thomas, Thomas go for a late two in one wow. of my leagues. I saw him on Twitter 112. Both of those guys, I'm in a dispersal, and they were going uh, – Ooh, I mean, they were going for guys with the equivalent of an early second, you know, and I think both those guys have the upside. I mean, it all just depends. It's very roster dependent, you know, and that's that's things that we're going to get into. And I'm excited that we got this episode. Let's let's bang out the tight ends real quick and let's try really to really quick. Yeah, yeah that, that that wide receiver sell that's going to be that cliff that DeAndre Hopkins level talent. It's Devontae Adams. Yeah, no, we had it. I mean, Izzy was saying he was the guy yeah, to sell two years mm-hmm. ago, you know, and it's just like. It, you can still get it for Adams, but it, it's closing. It's he, really he's, closing. He's going to lose Rodgers, so yeah. it's it's going to be done. Like, he's going to fall off a massive cliff. So my biggest tight end surprise was Mark Andrews, you know, taking over Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey was not the tight end one this year. All three of you guys, same time, Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the other surprise I had on there, and, and John, you know, when, when Waller went down, you and I talked on the phone, and I said, mm-hmm. every team I have Waller on, I have Zach Ertz, and Zach Ertz really made a resurgence there. So I yeah, think he really another, did. Another surprise. The biggest letdowns, guys. I mean, Mung has Kelsey, which, you know, tight end two as a letdown, but it wasn't the tight end one. I, I, John, you put Kittle, and, man, I'm really starting to really – I can't stand my teams that have Kittle on them. I'm well, really it, trying to move them. And, yeah. and, Ian, you and I both put Waller. I mean, yeah. Waller now in that startup I was talking about went as tight end seven. So he's wow. starting to become a, a value in there. But all three of those guys, you know, did not produce what we were necessarily looking for. I'm surprised nobody put Kyle Pitts because you – he has the best tight end rookie season of all time, but he's a letdown in most of us. Um, one of you guys put the, your biggest takeaway is the Kyle Pitts rule. Can you further up on that? Yeah, that was, that was me. And I, I think it's really just no matter what the pedigree, draft capital, and everything else, you don't don't overpay for year one, year two tight ends And if you want to compete. We saw we're seeing something similar happen with TJ Hawkinson right now. Keyword there, right, was if you want to compete. You know, Kyle yeah, Pitts is going to be the tight end. That's really Kyle it. Pitts is the tight end one. You can debate. You know, I, I still think Mark Andrews is like fantastic right now. Kelsey, you can right. still throw up in there, but most of the time people are going to say Kyle Pitts. Another rookie that really shined this year that, you know, we say a little bit different mentally thinking of, of how we look at the tight ends. Ian, you went with somebody different. 
Well, yeah, I I kind of went on the same thing. Give the give the rookie tight ends a year or two before you yeah. really like write them off. And that's like you know I I wrote a few names down. I wrote Komet down. I wrote Irv Smith and and then Pat Fryermuth. I think you know he had a great season, but next season might be a huge letdown too. And and I don't think that means you need to write him off. Uh, he could come back and be a huge tight end in year three. So I think that those young tight ends, you really have to give them a couple years uh, before you, you you write them off either. Let's move over to, you know, there's not a lot of exciting, you know, we had the Kelsey walk-off and some other things, you know. My, my least favorite tight end moment is those damn Gronk commercials. I'm tired of him trying to get military discounts on his insurance. Like, come on, man. Well, can, can we I'm special. What, like, what, what are you is, doing? What is the purpose of those commercials either? Everyone that can get USSA has USSA. Like, I don't yeah. understand what the purpose of those commercials are. Yeah, I mean, I'm watching the game with, with my girlfriend. She's fantastic. And she's like, what was that? By the way, John, that's the first I've watched football with Joy. And from her from her conversation, she told me that Josh Allen is fat. And then during the uh, wow. Wow. during the, the the commercial for insurance, told me Patrick Mahomes must have a small penis with that voice. So I'm just saying <laughs> those are the football takes that she's throwing out there. Okay. okay, you know those are hot takes. Those are hot takes. But <laughs> who knows? He's rich. Must haves going into this season. I'm going to start it out guy that I've been down on for years and you guys have harassed me, but now I believe it's Dallas Gar- Dallas Goddard. I mean, Dallas Goddard Definitely. looked fantastic. And if you can still get him, go get him. Yeah. I like Goddard a lot. A great situation, especially once Ertz left town. And I think he could end up being team lead in targets there in Philly. I think he's top five and- this year. Yeah. Yep. And then Dawson Knox is the other one I would throw in there too. He's in a him. great situation in Buffalo. We saw him again. He got two more touchdowns in, in playoffs, playoff football. I mean, kids tough, gets open, red zone magnet. So he's been pretty consistent. I mean, he's had some down weeks, but I like that one. His physical comp, everything about him is mm-hmm. very Mark Andrews light. And, and he looked great this year. What do you guys got? Uh, I think, you know, I mentioned a couple of them, but Irv Smith, I think, is a huge buy. Just coming off an injury, I think everybody's forgotten about him. And then, um, you know, same draft class as TJ Hawkinson, but no fan. No fan is a huge buy for me, um, just because I think that you can get him for nearly pennies on the dollar right now. Because um, people are, have been so disappointed with him. But like I said, you got to give him a couple years, and I really think he's going to excel, especially if they get a new QB that can actually sling it. And Mung, I mean... Pennies on the dollar. This guy just can't get any love, right? Like he has not come around. The dynasty community has not come around on this guy. Yeah, I love Mike Gesicki, right? He has all the athletic athletic measurables we want to see in our star fantasy tight ends. He has great hands. We've seen him make some of those Odell Beckham style one handed catches down the sideline. Uh, the only thing missing thus far in his career has been target volume and an efficient offense. And he's a free agent heading into twenty twenty two. So we could potentially see that. And if you do think that he's going to go to a team that's going to use him a lot more as a receiver, then he's a buy right now. Love it. Guys, I mean, this is the kickoff to the fantasy football, you know, 2022, our dynasty, you know, offseason. And and last year we had, I mean, guys, think about some of the guests we had. I mean, John, who was your favorite guest last year? Yeah, I, I have to go with Matt Waldman, um, who I look up to. I think he's the absolute best when it comes to film. And we had guys like Garrett Price coming on the show and telling us Javante Williams was his RB1. Now, yeah, now I remember back that. On that, right? And yep. um, so many of the most respected analysts that we brought through our Smash offseason program. And so really want to, again, welcome in Ian and welcome in Abe. And, and I can't wait to see some of the, the new blood, new talent coming in 
joining the Smash crew and helping this community. And so very excited about it. Yeah, and I mean this this off season, it's all about having a program, right? And I know not everybody yes, talks sir. about that, but it's like we're bringing in guys to tell you about rookies. And last year we brought in Angelo, and we brought in you know we brought in Angelo. so many guys really yeah. just to come in there and just give you all the different things from the nuances to the draft capital and what that means. And Jordan McNamara was talking about capital and 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 t- looking at guys at profiles. And I mean, man. Mock we literally drafts. set you up yeah. to put you into that position. And, and we were going over the rookies nonstop. And this is going to be, you know, I know people aren't saying this is that class, but don't sleep on the 2022 class. You know, let, let's see what we have here. There's a lot of good talent. You know, Monk, closing it out, who was your favorite guest? And I mean, we, we're, we're, Abe and I were talking and we're, we're really shooting for some, some big names. And I know, Monk, we, we sh- I shot my shot on some last year, got a bunch of them, almost got some of the ones we want. But who was your favorite? Yeah, I mean, I mean, all our guests were excellent, but you know, I really like talking to Angelo, bring a different perspective in terms of those physical yes. measurables, uh, those thresholds that we want to see some of these prospects hit. But you know, just a ton of smart people out there in the dynasty and fantasy community at large. You know, we think we're pretty smart, and I think we've all done pretty well in our leagues. But you know, there's always different spins, different takes, and we're all wrong at some point. So it's great to hear other opinions. I yeah, love it. Yeah, don't forget we, about the Godfather, Ryan McDowell, that we right, had on. Exactly. So, I mean, it, it's been a great year for, for Smash Except. I mean, you know, it, it's been about 16 months since we put this thing together. It's been a fantastic ride, and I'm excited to have, you know, some, some new blood in here. I'm, I know Jeremy, you know, at Pope wants to come on a couple times. Ian, we loved having you on, you know, and, and we, we got Abe coming on. I mean, it's, it's an exciting time, and we're really amp for 2022 you know there was a time there where 2021 was just crawling by with for me and i was like not quite there but we're we're pumped for this now right ian thank you so much for coming on you know tell everybody where they can find you on twitter you know john mung and i have told them so many times they're just like leave us alone (laughs) but why don't you tell them where you're at and i i urge you guys to follow him i mean he's put out some some thread content he's put out some things on there i mean he's very active you know and you can hit him up with trade questions you always want to hit us up hashtag dynasty uh, hashtag smash except we're changing that make sure you get those trades out there and let us know what's going on yeah and you can find me at super skull fan on twitter um or just look up uh, optimistic vikings fan that's me as well um so yep i i'm here to to answer any questions my dms are open love it Thanks again for tuning in, guys, and enjoy the process. And I'll put that boom out there again, John.